I've seen the writing in the boys' bathroom stalls. And while I'm flattered, I'm just not that type of sub. Justin, when we get down to this bit... Oh, wow, that's a lot of stuff. When we get down to this bit... (laughs) (laughs) Can you uh, do some of these lines with me? Like, I think the style of which will become uh, clear. Los Angeles braces to host an international drug dealer summit. Can detectives Chase McDonald and August Brooks track the habits of an obsessed killer? Or will a secret from their past threaten to tear the LAPD apart? Coming up next on L.A. Heat, after these messages. KPFK 15, I'm Mark Krisky. (laughs) Latest reports coming in from New York City, not good news. As you can see, the footage is a little hard to parse out. Mostly a lot of grappling, with the occasional close-up of a torso getting punched. A two-by-four to keep it lively. But the one thing that is confirmed is law enforcement once again clash with gang members. And while we can only speculate at this moment, the criminals seem to be associated with that one gang that is now everywhere. (laughs) Officer Dunn, hip-hop's first OG, was killed in the line of duty. His family will be given the NYPD's Medal of Merit, an honor bestowed to the officer who gropes most of the community. (laughs) And Officer Harris, who had spent most his life living in this gangster's paradise, went out on his knees in the night saying prayers to the streetlight. But how long are the American people going to accept the remnants of society after a major nuclear war excuse? More on this at 11. You are the hope! You are the promise, you are tomorrow, you are the best, and my favorite You are tomorrow, to you who will defend our future, who will face tomorrow, we say thank you for serving in the death-worshipping gang of today. (laughs) Joining Lucifer's cult is the first step towards the end of your life. Join Lucifer now at joinlucifer.net slash membership or by calling 1-800-BEHEADED. (laughs) This summer, two brothers head out on a road trip across the country and onto a collision course with adventure. One is a brother. The other is his brother. And these brothers are going to find out just how deep a brother's bond can be. You've been looking after my wife. She's pretty much yours, bro. But when one brother loses his favorite brother, he was good and beautiful and my brother and you killed him for it. Will he have the strength to accept a new brother into his life? I never thought I could be a brother again. See it all this summer in Oh Brother, Where Art Camacho. (laughs) Well, from hip hop all the way to the big screen, you've been Absolutely killing it in Hollywood. So, Ice, tell us about your latest film, Gangland. Yeah, well, it's this story about this cop, right? Who gets to touch a fine-ass pair of titties. 
<laughs> Are you suffering from a flesh-eating virus unleashed on the planet from the fallout of nuclear Armageddon? Then you need Plague Gone. Apply directly to the jugular vein. Apply directly to the jugular vein. Apply directly to the jugular vein. <laughs> Playgon was developed by a top scientist in his charming den at his Atlanta swamp shack. And we are releasing it to you. Playgon. Apply directly to the jugular vein. Apply directly to the jugular vein. Available only in Phoenix. May your new life become a sanctuary of prosperity. Bless the blade that kills you. <laughs> hey, kids. It's the new Lucifer action figure. Whoa! Check out his glowing red eyes. Cool! His rippling muscles. Awesome! And listen to him ham through lines ripped right out of the movie. So, what do we have here? A couple pussies on our turf? Then complete the whole set. I'll be Lucifer. Here, you can play with the Damien toy. No thanks. Lucifer! <laughs> the one truly good part of the movie. You drop your weapon, pig! <laughs> Did television poison culture? I don't know if I can say for sure, but television between the mid-90s and the mid-2000s sure as hell tried. Back then, home entertainment was more an assault on your senses. And now, as we're entering yet another decade, materialist celebration has turned into materialist despair. But the tone is the same. This is reality! Look upon it and weep! <laughs> From the thoroughly unwell mind of writer, producer, star, and body hair remover David DeFalco... <laughs> Gangland is the sort of movie that relishes in the make-believe. It embraces the notion that movies are all about pretending. It's got the feeling of a boy lying on his stomach, legs kicked up behind him, playing with his action figures, and the really buff hot one is me, and the girls are all topless, and the bad guys are cool, but they kill people, and the good guys are nice, but they kill people. It's all about pretending. Pretend that this is a world nearly obliterated by nuclear weapons, despite the lush greens of every exterior location. <laughs> Pretend that by setting this movie all the hell over the country, that just means the threat of gang violence is real, not nonsense. And trust me, if you pretend to know what's going on, this movie rules. <laughs> As the star of the film, Ice-T, once said in an interview about his song, Cop Killer, if you believe I'm a cop killer, you believe David Bowie is an astronaut. Well, I'm a believer. <laughs> Class, I give you... Gangland. It finally happened. The Third World War. It was Armageddon. Got the plague. Gotta kill it. The street gangs united and took over the crumbling cities led by their evil leader, Lucifer. There was only one hope for the future. I was that hope. Let the games begin! He's captured a scientist that's working on a cure for the plague. I will be invincible. Go ahead, fucker. Pull the trigger. Let's please start with the roll call. 
Josh Roth. It's a world of screaming, a world of tears. It's a world of gangs and a world of fears. There's a flesh-eating plague. The world building's quite vague. It's a gang after all. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. What would we call a collection of different gangs? A swarm of gangs? A herd of gangs? A murder of gangs? <laughs> Greg Hansen. Hey, back off, War Child. This movie's mine. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Casey Regan, and it is my absolute pleasure to bring back two in a row exchange student, the sultry songbird of sullen, <laughs> soft eye thoughts. What? Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Ferraro rejoins us. Thanks for having hey. me. I just want to say before we tear this movie apart, I want to kill something beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Hide your brothers. Boy, I would I would love to be the wrestling heel to your podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Which is a good segue into this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I assume for that reason you wore that tank top only just barely covering your nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they threatening you? Are my nipples... I iced them before so they're extra sharp. <laughs> I feel intimidated, but also moisturized. I don't know how. <laughs> at the same time. Justin, you're back for the inexplicable plague double feature that we're talking about. What is it about me that just... <laughs> you also don't imagine a film called Gangland is going to prominently feature the post-apocalypse and a flesh-eating plague. No. Nor, and this may be my hang-up, did I expect it to feature quite so many dumpy white people in L.A. (laughs) athleisure wear. So that's just, that's on me. It also starts the minute you press play. Like, I was not ready for him to start talking. You think it's broken. You think it's like, oh, wait, what? Oh, ah, gotta start writing. They called it Armageddon. The leaders of our world, the so-called civilized society, reduced to groveling animals. It was a major nuclear war. I can remember the devastation, the destruction. Cities turned to dust. And when the clouds settled, there was mass chaos. We've dropped the bombs. The world's in disarray. Britney Spears is no longer popular, fuckos. Is anyone else <laughs> bummed out? There's the VO. The VO gives you information. Because the rest of the movie is pretty devoid of information. Like, it's not... The rest of the movie is not interested in information. It really is just... It's cliches all the way down. Right. So you get it, you're getting all the information in the very beginning. While they show opening credits and stock footage of nuclear warheads exploding... Which leads you to ask also, like, was this multiple nuclear warheads or one and they're getting camera angles? Yeah, the whole world is nuked, which is why everything looks so good. (laughs) I think about that, Jamie, for our reality. Like, this movie really made me think for the first time. It's like, wow, we have a lot of stock shots of nuclear weapons exploding, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, there are sure a lot of angles of those things. Why do we keep doing this and filming it? Why can't, can't we just use the one? Yep. 
<laughs> I hope a nuclear weapon never ever goes off, but if one has to, uh, I hope Nolan gets a shot at it. I hope he can write a script around it. That's exactly the sort of magic he brings to the cinema. Especially when he's going to reverse that footage and then play it backwards and forwards and backwards. Yeah. And forwards. I'd rather Ooh. let Cameron do it so we can do 3D and that way the radiation jumps out of the screen at you. <laughs> I got to ask a question though. Are you guys telling me that you don't love a movie that is 99% cliche? Oh, I didn't say that. No, <laughs> no, no. I did no, not no. say that. <laughs> you just want to say, like, pick a lane, guys. This is too many things to be talking about all at once. Again, it's called no. gangland. <laughs> no. It starts with a plane no, and apocalypse. I, I am exercising my veto power. <laughs> <laughs> this movie needs to pick no lane. This movie is like bowling with the entire alley at your disposal. If you miss one lane, of pins just go to the next one <laughs> it's all bumpers oh my god i really liked this movie i suspect that as i get older it will be replaced by static noise in my brain i can't <laughs> imagine i'm holding on to any of this i will tell you as someone who's watched this movie multiple times that opening scene will stick with you <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. th that, let's transition into yes. that because right before we get into this opening scene, we see a very unique movie credit, which is special guest stars, Ice-T and Coolio. Hell this is not a credit yeah. you get in movies. This is a television credit. So that alone is baffling, made all the more baffling by the fact that Ice-T is the only person on the movie poster for this movie. Surely so, like, he will be in the entirety of the film. <laughs> Surely... Oscar Award winners Ice T and Coolio must have a okay, large whoa, role whoa, in whoa, this whoa. movie. Let's look. The movie is at fault here. Ice T and Coolio. I liked the movie they had in their heads. Yes, <laughs> arguably better. Yeah, because we cut to uh, <laughs> we cut to Training Day. We cut to the Universal Studios lot. We cut to May twenty fifth, two thousand ten. Yeah. In New York City, just a city street and all the buildings are like black windowed and emptied. It was like the one part of the movie where the mise-en-scene did read like, actually, it's the end of the world. <laughs> where they end up radioing in is the middle of Chinatown and the and the back lot they're on <laughs> is it like looks not only not like Chinatown, but also not like New York City at all. No, yeah. Not even close. I love the idea that like the nuclear holocaust has not only destroyed humanity it's also completely rejiggered the architecture of downtown new york and just yeah. wiped all of the culture off of the building it's like a looney tunes <laughs> thing where like there's like a wave and it like blows the clothes off like a anthropomorphic horse onto like a a big tough guy it's like it just like, I just mean, like the, takes... the los angeles update is this this is the Universal Studios backlot, by the way, and, no. it, and like, really? Yeah, uh, How did it get in New York? From the looks of it, they had <laughs> they had like four hours to work on it, and the, uh, uh, Universal Studios was like, "We need to send the next tram in through as soon as possible." <laughs> so you just have the empty facades surrounding them. Oh, are they shooting a movie? And somebody's just like, <laughs> "Nah." <laughs> no, nah, it's not a real movie. This is bullshit. Is Ice-T the star of that uh, movie? No. <laughs> it's also baffling. 
telling why this had to be set in New York City at all, because as we continue with the movie, the news reporter is reporting from that same back lot <laughs> and stating that it's yeah. Los Angeles. So why not just have the whole thing set in Los Angeles and like mention that New York has also fallen? Because they weren't allowed to repaint the cars. Yeah. I think that's why. <laughs> had to have been like NYPD cars from another movie. Yeah. It's the only cars they could get to use. Yeah, you can tell it's LA because the shot is sunny. <laughs> it's, it's daylight. New York is nighttime and LA is sunny. Coolio and Ice T play two police officers who find a plague ridden unconscious man and an unconscious woman. And, and what does Ice T do the second that he sees the Well, he checks for woman. a pulse. Which, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sci- no. Scientifically, yeah. Yes. He's really searching around for that pulse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, most movies will tell you you either gotta go under like the jaw around the side of the neck or you gotta check around the wrist but like you wanna get closer to the heart actually the if you're checking a pulse uh, realistically real so real what close. he does and sometimes you forget heart. what side of the body it's on right exactly <laughs> uh, so you gotta check both you gotta heart check both left or right I forget is she right, a time exactly. lord she's got two hearts <laughs> so Ice-T does what is recommended by uh, emergency medical uh, professionals which which is he undoes the woman's shirt and uh, feels up on her titties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Jesus! What is this, man? So you copping free feels from dead bitches now? If you don't mind, Harris, okay? Check her for a pulse. Just because you got married don't mean everybody loves Yo, what the fuck? You got to play. You got to kill him. But think, think about what you're doing, man. This, this, is, this is a man, okay? Not an animal. We can take him to a rescue center. Get the fuck off of me, okay? Can't let this disease spread. It'll kill us all. Hey, man, hey! Okay, so one is that Coolio <laughs> has the best line ever written for any movie ever, which is, so you copping free feels from dead bitches now? Which is an insane line to be written yeah. on a page and greenlit. <laughs> Number two, if you are in a circumstance where it's you and Coolio, and Coolio is the voice of reason, you need to re-examine your choices. This, what's great is that this predicts his SVU appearances by almost a decade. Yeah. Yeah. To try and write a book report for this, like, my Googling was fucking all over. Like, I read all that stuff about Cop Killer, and did you know? <laughs> they were, like, members of his fan base who, when Cop Killer was a controversy, came forward and was like, well, he played a cop in New Jack City. Come on, what do you want from him? <laughs> You think he hates the police? He's an artist. He was in New Jack City. (laughs) If this podcast has done nothing else for me, it's really made me appreciate Ice-T as an American artist. And I do like the movie he has in his head. Like, he is playing a, like, very, like, villainous, sniveling cop who's allowed to, like, live out all of his worst impulses because... This world has ended. I love how in that moment he goes from cop killer to cop comma killer. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he got because he he then shoots the guy who is suffering from the plague. We're told (laughs) he he got strawberry jelly on his face, so he's got to (laughs) die. Yeah, yeah. The intro leads us to believe that this is a flesh eating plague. Oh yeah, but they call it Ebola later. No, it's it's both. It's both. It's both. Yeah, while this plague is out there, if you're experiencing 
Ebola, please contact medical professionals, the newscaster says. Which I, look. <laughs> Having I, Ebola puts you at increased risk for getting the plague. Yeah. <laughs> also, I understand that both in this movie and in real life, like, I understand people who don't feel they can trust our healthcare industry. But I can't imagine suffering the symptoms of Ebola to be like shitting blood and be like keeping it to myself. <laughs> if you call anyone, Ice T's gonna shoot up, That's and true. up and kill you. Well, this crazy guy runs up and is like screaming about Lucifer. And he's invincible. And he's invincible. And then Ice T right. shoots him. He's holding the gun. He's kind of like doing a bit of a like a, a <laughs> Michael Jackson shum on as he like shaking his head. <laughs> kick in as he's like come on cops an obvious suicide by cop yeah he was uh he's the sacrifice that lucifer's movement needs. he was the lamb it's very training yeah. day it's like he's doing his best denzel where like he shoots the man point blank because like we can't just take care of this guy it's the end times right but he's not playing it from a position of like strength like ice t's characterization of this villain is so like panicky and like hey, we gotta do something we gotta shoot this guy like i did like what he was doing you also gotta love a movie that has two guest stars who not a thing again <laughs> should be obvious from the very beginning that these two will not be in the rest no. of the movie after the scene oh, yeah if they hadn't said in the credits special guest stars ice t and coolio like what a cool misdirect it would like special guest star i feel like ruins scream it. levels scream yeah, levels exactly misdirect. like if they were just listed in the cast the fact that they are both killed in this first scene it would have been much more punk rock than it was because yes coolio <laughs> coolio would like them not to just kill and rape everyone they come across <laughs> say that shit man okay you fucking losing it this ain't the wild wild west and this ain't fucking mr rogers neighborhood man it's a living hell okay half the department's dead we gotta do whatever we have to. bullshit listen get to your me. motherfucking hands off me stay the fuck away from me okay i'm gonna take this girl back to headquarters and you can explain what you did to Sergeant Richards, because I ain't involved in your motherfucking bullshit. But Ice-T ain't about that bitch shit, and shoots him <laughs> execution style. Pussy. This shit is real. And then Lucifer, played by Vincent Klein, shows up. Other cops show up. Lucifer's gang shows up. They engage in a quick shootout which is nonsense no 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 no! you missed the best part you missed the best part ice t having having felt up a woman killed a sick man killed his partner and you know probably with good cause killed a guy who pulled a gun on him he suddenly is like, no, 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 man, we could talk it out. We could talk it out. And goes over to the gang side, <laughs> yes, yes, and he's yeah. like talking to his cops. No, nah, man, look, we're cool. We're cool. We can work this out. And then just gets plugged in the back very gently. <laughs> Ice-T went on a journey there. Ice-T, yeah. <laughs> he had an arc. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. The movie he lives is really incredible because in 45 seconds, he kills three people. And then <laughs> learns the errors of his ways yeah. and tries to communicate. Like Saul of Tarsus is just like struck blind, <laughs> having like a religious yeah. moment. A little come to Jesus moment. It's like, like, no, man, we don't need to we fight. Talk to and then people. gets fucking martyred. <laughs> 
dear sister, by the time you read this, I will be dead. <laughs> Me and Officer Dunn will arrive at the scene. Officer Dunn will grope a woman. Then Officer Dunn will shoot a man. Gang member will shoot at us. Then Officer Dunn will kill that gang leader. Then I'll say, please don't do that. Then Officer Dunn will shoot me. Then <laughs> what you say? <laughs> What's amazing is we get all of this before the gangland song kicks in. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, because Lucifer whistles. And he starts like a L'Oreal catwalk. Like, feels like a fashion show is about to begin. And the cops even look around. Yeah, they wait. Like, guys, just hold, hold on. on. Yeah. We're going to... Oh, okay, here's here's the fight now. Yeah. The most 90s hip-hop song. It may as well be Mama Said Knock You Out. Truly. It sounds like too. it's CNC Music Factory's, like, D-side. Yeah. It sounds yes. like the exact same song from uh, Tim Burton's Batman film when Joker's painting up the museum with yeah. his gang. <laughs> I love movies with original songs. I want more of them. I, I miss them. But we cut out of this gang v cop <laughs> battle royale to a newscast explaining everything. <laughs> yeah, explaining everything. Everyone in this opening scene is in none of the rest of the movie. Except Lucifer. Because they're in New York. Except Lucifer. Yeah, that's New York. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right, right. Except yep. that the New York gang takes over Van Nuys at the end of the movie. But again, they move across the cut. That's why. It's an epidemic. And it was unclear when he said it it was an epidemic whether he was referring to the plague, Ebola, or gang warfare. Damn, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Atlanta and so that you know that this movie isn't ridiculous it lets you know that this is June 8th which is plenty of time for Lucifer to get down to Georgia oh, you think it's ridiculous that our main villain's in New York then Georgia then Los Angeles <laughs> well he's got weeks to do it cause come on we've got this out <laughs> the establishing shot in Atlanta Georgia is like literally this shack on the side of like in this suburban neighborhood and before they yeah. explained that it was this doctor's like home i was really hoping that they were just gonna like call it the cdc like this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the cdc now we've we've secured this little shack and that's where we're operating out of it's two of us <laughs> this gumbo can cure cancer <laughs> <laughs> we cut inside and it's such an adorable little living room oh my god Truly. i loved it so much i wanted to live there <laughs> They set up a bunch of, like, beakers and science equipment, and I was so fucking confused. And Tim Thomerson looks like he is confused to be there. (laughs) Tim Thomerson is so good in this because it's just like he, like, there are scenes where he looks like he's, he, he, like, has a handle on his lines, but not his blocking. So there's, like... There's like points where like he's supposed to be leaving and he's like, where am I? Where am I going? Should I still be having this this doctor's coat on? No, that's too conspicuous. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> Throw it away. He's developed a vaccine and they need to get it to Phoenix, but he says that gangs rule the area. And I love this line. The best line. If we control the vaccine, we can wipe out the gangs. If it gets in their hands. We really have to get to Phoenix so I can work on this vaccine to stop the spread of this plague, honey. Besides, the plague hasn't spread to Phoenix. Yo. Is it a vaccine against gang violence? (laughs) Uh, That would be good schools, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Investment in public infrastructure. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is sort of in this moment that the movie goes full Dune, where it's like, whoever controls the vaccine controls the universe, and we're House Atreides, and the ganglanders are House Harkonnen. Gang is the mind killer. Just like Dune, I don't understand this. The plane did not seem like that encroaching a danger, considering we meet two to three people in the course of the movie who actually have the plague. And show no symptoms. Well, except for the one with the super jammy face in the beginning. One. No, no, no. The, sis- the sister later gets- has a little rash. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> it's also a great introduction of Dr. Adams's soon-to-be-captured family yes. of mom and a 24-year-old daughter <laughs> who's in 12-year-old garb. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck is that woman dressed like she's in the like I, I want know. candy music video <laughs> with Aaron Carter? They might as well have been like, grab your giant pinwheel lollipop and get in the car. We're going to Phoenix. <laughs> but before they can get in the car. <laughs> Dr. Adams, I've heard a lot about you. Uh, Who are you? My name is Lucifer. What have you done with our daughter? The little girl will be fine as long as you cooperate with us. No! What do you want from us? I think you know what we want. You have a cure for the plague. I have a formula for the vaccine. It needs to be developed. Then you'll come with us and develop it. And if you fail, you'll never see the little girl again. <laughs> okay, this is... Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Lucifer wants... The cure. Yep. Doctor Adams has a vaccine. Which is it? <laughs> That's what you're getting stuck on in this movie. Yes. yes! You're getting stuck this on is this my movie's sticking point. medical accuracy. Do they or the movie know the difference between a vaccine and a cure? I don't think I know no. the difference between a vaccine. <laughs> and a cure. Well, a vaccine is preventative. It prevents you from catching or distributing the virus. And a cure would be like, you know, getting rid of the plague from you and your jammy, jammy, melty face. Yeah. At some point, this movie ditches both of those for the serum. But also, and then the only syringe that comes into play has nothing to do with the serum vaccine or cure. Yep. And is just poison sister blood. <laughs> yeah. Is the yeah. syringe of poison sister blood. Chekhov's poison sister blood. Sister blood, yeah. Lucifer has heard that this doctor has put this vaccine together. Something the doctor just did seemingly 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Somebody's got the doctor bugged or there's like an, a cabal of intelligence that we're unaware of. <laughs> Many people are aware of what's happening and where people are. And we don't find out how or why. Maybe that's just how the apocalypse is because there's not that many people left. Like, it's easy to keep up with <laughs> Your Rolodex is very yeah, There's only small. five people alive on Twitter now, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, seemingly no communication happening intracontinentally, but there are news stations. <laughs> well, yeah, wait yeah. a minute. The yeah, the news doesn't sleep, Greg. with, like, the National Guard, but this guy on a cor- street corner in downtown LA can communicate with the entire country? I mean, we don't know how big his reach is. Maybe that's all in his head. Maybe he's not talking to anybody. Yeah, no characters actually watch the news. The news is just talking to us. Yeah. You never see a TV in this movie. 
Oh so my yeah, he God. might he might just be putting on a show for himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-diegetic television. <laughs> it's a very magical movie. We have this magical newsman who is uh, broadcasting out into the void even after his cameraman apparently dies. <laughs> you know what? This is not a safe situation. We're going back to you. We're going to break right now. Okay, Sam, come on. Let's get out of here, man. Come on. Let's get out of here. Sam, cut. It's okay. Get out of here. We have Lucifer <laughs> who apparently can teleport anywhere he wants and knows everything. <laughs> like the real Lucifer. Yeah. Okay, here's a theory. Is this just a game of Shadowrun? <laughs> <laughs> the tabletop RPG about a cyberpunk post-apocalyptic future. Is this are we just watching and... someone's campaign of yes. Shadowrun? And Lucifer is min-maxed beyond Oh doubt. yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. I don't know, guys. I I think attributing this to like an RPG implies the existence of cause and effect in this movie's universe. <laughs> It, it, Good point. It doesn't have that. That's it, not it, true. Dr. Adams creates a serum, and then the road dog Jesse James comes, tackles his wife, yeah. and then he gets taken to L.A. somehow, and then they have to shoot stuff, and then, and then, yeah. and then. Well, that was our first real close-up of Vincent Klein as Lucifer. And I, I do want to talk about how awesome he is. Awesome. Like he, Josh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the best part of the movie. He's the best awesome. part of the movie. <laughs> he's the best part of the movie in his, like, in his scene-chewingness. I dug all of that. He was so great in that. How, how else would you describe the best part of the, any movie? <laughs> <laughs> so what's the not failure awesome here? in the sense of I look at him and I think, yeah, that's cool. That guy's cool. Uh, Wait, I don't uh, understand. Did you see his sunglasses? He's got feathers <laughs> he's got, on his jacket, yeah. dude. He's got red eyes. He's got Why? red I don't eyes. know. He's, he's got a throne. Did you see his big gun? His big gun's bigger than everyone else's big gun. His big yeah. gun that never runs out of bullets? Yeah, it's amazing. He's got one of those rectangular <laughs> barrels like other guns don't have. That's how you know it's special. Yep, yep, that makes him so cool. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I mean, Vincent Klein is a fascinating and imposing figure <laughs> cut on Sally. His performance is pretty wonderfully bonkers. He's having fun. And then they give him the like fucking Skeksy gown to wear. <laughs> I got a little more Rufio off of it. <laughs> yeah. He, he was the first of the Night's Watch. <laughs> yes. 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 And they give him red contact lenses to wear during this movie, which literally the character had to die on screen before I was convinced that this movie wasn't going to turn and say he was the real devil. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is this the devil or not? <laughs> not going to lie, didn't realize his eyes were actually red. Uh, colorblind. Yeah. I'll do it. Aww. Josh, you're, you're colorblind? <laughs> yep. Whoa. Wait, okay. What does, how does, how does it function when you watch people getting shot in movies and like it just the... looks like brown whoa huh that's like that's so wild only because like it's such a visceral reaction to to watching gory or graphic violence on screen for the like bright red especially like yeah, i cannot see when you watch a movie like lady snowblood where it's like against like the white snow have you ever wondered why josh can't look at chocolate ice cream <laughs> <laughs> Just always shuddering and oh god, I'm oh. sick. Oh, and you put cherry syrup on that? I'm oh. done. Oh god, just gagging next to a soft serve machine. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. It's grotesque. <laughs> Wait, this is actually fascinating. Yeah, this is fascinating because. I feel like I really don't know how I would have felt about the movie if I didn't know Lucifer's eyes were red. 
that, because I, that honestly, really does most of the heavy of lifting of the characterization. <laughs> so, I mean, probably part of it was like his eyes just look brown. <laughs> that's yeah. wild. Yeah. Okay, oh so he had those glowy, glowy, dark almond eyes. Brown eyes. They were doing most of the work for him, honestly. They were, yeah, like, they really yeah. were doing most of the work of the movie to make him... Because otherwise, he was just a guy uh, saying stuff. Yeah, a goofy guy <laughs> prancing around. Now you know how I felt this <laughs> yeah. entire time. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree because he was he was really going for like his, like, I'm going to be King Arthur at the Ren Fair next year. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked, I, I liked his performance, like that, but I, I did not have the benefit of the big glowy, glowy red eyes wow. to, to in, enhance it for me. Well, let me tell you, they really are striking in that first scene when he yeah. takes his sunglasses off and like tells the doctor, you're going to make the vaccine for me or else I'll kill your family. Which, look, obviously bad, obviously the villain, but besides the cops at the very beginning, who are monsters? Or at least <laughs> Not bit, Coolio! Or, or, no, that's true. Coolio's the You good leave cop. Coolio out of this. The, the NYPD seems A-cab. to be... cab yeah, All a- Coolios are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it's a police department made up of uh, the monstrous or the well-intentioned who do nothing about the monstrous. That's really the only part of the state that we see. So while Lucifer is the bad guy, like, motherfucker is working towards getting this vaccine out there. Yes. Which <laughs> you don't see the CDC or anyone else working You see on literally it. no one else doing it, nor does Lucifer, our villain, have any other, like, goals with his organization. Sure, he, he himself <laughs> does monstrous things, but the organization seems, like, solely dedicated to creating and distributing this vaccine. Yeah. It's a unique goal for a gang. For a gang, to yeah. Exclusively totally. work towards a vaccine. So how's my baby doing? Oh man. 64 still up on blocks. I haven't touched her. No oh, man, I'm talking about Stephanie, you know. And the kids. You've been keeping an eye on my kids like a good uncle should. <laughs> you know I have. Man, what's going on here? <sighs> a lot has changed since you've been gone, man. Ganglanders have taken over everything. You gotta watch your back 24 hours a day. You can't even walk in the damn streets and be safe anymore. Man, this used to be a neighborhood. Now well, you're not in Kansas anymore. And this leads us to Los Angeles, specifically to the First Street Bridge. Hey, that First Street classic Bridge. filming location. My old neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because we, we open on these two <laughs> brothers in their car driving home and having very regular brother conversations about, like, looking after each other's wives. And was he right. <laughs> released from prison? I was very yeah, confused where what? he'd been. It's I had unclear. no idea. Away. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. No, he's a, he, it's military. He, he mentions, like, military intelligence. I think he's yeah, like, right. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> I look at him and I see military should never be associated with this guy. They're ribbing each other. They're having a great time but they're being pursued by the gang when their car breaks down the gang who has been shot exclusively in slow motion finally gets a chance to catch up to them (laughs) across this hundred mile bridge (laughs) and uh, they martial arts at each other man and it rules good thing they know kung fu yeah (laughs) the the gang uh led by uh, he looks like they put Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook from Simon Says together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The true super soldier. 
Dane Cook hassles big meaty brother and then small cute brother gets sexually assaulted by a woman because look we're gonna show a lot of Gangland sexual no assault rules, baby. against women so we throw <laughs> one going to underway as a palate cleanser yeah <laughs> hey this happens too <laughs> this movie says god we're so we're like 10 minutes into this movie yeah. we got there's a lot going on How could we not be only 10 minutes into the movie? Right. That's, it's that's like the beginning of a serious man. There's a lot to really dissect <laughs> like how it relates to the rest the of the film. Yeah, we haven't even <laughs> met <laughs> Jared yet. Oh, we've got miles to go before we sleep. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. We, we got so much. So Lucifer comes riding up. On a dune buggy. On a dune buggy. Like oh. On a <laughs> dune buggy. On yeah. the <laughs> street bridge. Just on a dune buggy. After we say we got to speed it up, we talk about the coolest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Lucifer, <laughs> arms wide yes. open, like standing yes. on the nose of a dune buggy. <laughs> yes, he f- he's yes. riding like Jesus on the crucifix. He's like, his thighs are clenched so tight around like a bike seat that's like welded <laughs> to the top of it. Right, and thinking about Lucifer waiting at one end of the bridge for the fight to be over so he can make his entrance <laughs> is very funny. And Lucifer, Lucifer kills the little brother. Who's it gonna be? Let's take the big one. I'm in the mood to kill something beautiful. And Derek, the brother, screams in slow motion with a wonderful echo. <laughs> Derek is brought to a jail run by the ganglanders. Uh, and he, I love, he starts like banging against the bars when he wakes up screaming like a fucking madman. Can you hear me? You're a bunch of vampire disgusting animals. He is going for it though. He's got to give the guy. This is the most he he gives the performances in this scene. He, yeah. yeah, he's been watching Vincent Klein, and he's just like, oh, really? You're the star of the movie? No, 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 no. It's fucking Derek. <laughs> and Derek smash. Well, and then we meet our actual star of the movie, Jared, who's in the next cell over from... And is so tired of the noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, keep it down. Dude, and he, he really up. wants him to shut up. <laughs> and if he keeps quiet, he can get them both out. Because So th- this is where the movie does start to lose it a little bit. With Jared? Is... Are you kidding and me? Wait, 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 wait. Don't, let's give some respect to our stars. Sure, special guests Ice-T and Coolio. Got top billing on all the posters. But we are talking about Derek, played by Sasha Mitchell, star of Step by Step, the biggest sitcoms ever, and Costas Mandalore, star of Saws 3 through 45. <laughs> How dare These are huge Hollywood hits. No, no, no. no. Hear me out. This movie, for all of its beautiful merits, has no idea how to formulate a plan to do anything. No. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Because his plan to get them out is for them to be walked down the hallway to their execution and for him to be like, take a look at this guy, right? Punch. That was his (laughs) plan the whole time. The the exact wording (laughs) is, I'll make my move and you make yours. (laughs) What? (laughs) Their successes throughout this movie and their failures are so interesting when you find out all of our protagonists are part of like special forces units. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. They're so good at strategy.
strategy and small squad tactics. It's insane. <laughs> I do, yeah, I do guess that maybe that's like a coded language. Like I'll make my move and you make yours. Is it is actually like military? It's a speak. lot of credit. It's a lot of credit. <laughs> I don't think yeah. Derek deserves that. It's an acronym that's too long and filthy to go into. <laughs> it's a mnemonic device. A few racial epithets in there, too. You know, military speak. Jared's plan, of course, is, like Jamie said, punch a guy out and open all of the cells, which just unleashes complete chaos. And they get into another fight scene that is almost like, it's like the end of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> yes. It's just like fight scenes from earlier scenes like tumble back into. You don't even have the anchor of the people in the cop uniforms now to like pay attention to like what this fight is, who's right. winning, why we it's happening. There might as well have been like circus tumblers and fire breathers yeah. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, just, it's like I don't think I don't think the actors through. actually know like who they're fighting. Like at some yeah. point, yeah, you'll just see like a gang member punching another gang member. Yeah. Like they're not sure because their costumes aren't. Just <laughs> and then and the music that's playing is like the like you wouldn't steal from a store so why would you steal movies music. Yes. we've at this point now gone over pretty much all the plot there is yes. and the rest of the movie is fight scenes and this this just sort of sets up the sort of PM Entertainment style of uh, plotting that will be happening through the rest <laughs> of the movie, which is two characters talk for two to five minutes and then fight scene. And the fight <laughs> scene will rule and will feature a lot of people in bad wigs doing flippy flips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, like, and like small economy class cars blowing up. It's also great because it does beg the question of like, are the gangs like Jeet Kundo versus Jiu Jitsu? Is that like how they... <laughs> yeah. But the jail has been taken over. People are just being rounded up and executed two different people a day. Like this is an insane infrastructure. But meanwhile, there's still suburbs where people just like live in their lives in the valley and are apparently yeah. unconcerned about all of this. Uh, I, I believe now we should be playing This is America by Childish Gambino. Yes. <laughs> uh, in the edit. Yeah, let's get back to the movie, guys. <laughs> hey, you know, I really want to thank you for bringing me out of there with you tonight. Don't mention it. No, no, man, hear me out. Listen, you know... Those guys, they killed my brother right in front of me. Cold blood, you know? Uh -huh. They cut him, torched him. I bowed right then and there, man. I was gonna kill every one of those bastards. Really? How are you gonna do that? What's your fucking deal, man? My deal is I wanna find some gas and get some rest. Hey, now listen, Jared. I wanna know what you're up to. You're gonna have to trust me. Hey, trust is something you gotta earn from me. I got you out, didn't I? They're new brothers. <laughs> Now yeah. Oh my God, Casey! I literally have new brothers written down. They're new yeah, in my notes right as here. As they're fleeing, then fucking wrestler Dana Amakarvi <laughs> shows up as Damien, who is our writer, producer, and co-star, David DeFalco. Kill the fuck up! We're the fuck the prisoners. Lucifer's gonna fucking kill me when he finds out about this. Where the fuck were you? 
I will shut up. Let's go. He's disgusting. I don't want to see him ever again. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> which one was David? Which one was David Falco? Falco? He, he, he's he's Damien. Thank oh. oh, he's long hair guy. Yeah, uh, he, Mr. Nipples. <laughs> would you be surprised to think that long greasy ponytail on that like uh, admittedly pretty oh. ripped body? Would you be surprised to learn that that's the writer and producer of the film? <laughs> That, no. Would that shock you <laughs> to think that you saw that much skin of the person responsible for this? Who's dyed black hair we will be seeing a lot of. Yeah. He oh walks on God. the scene and it is truly like a whiplash experience. <laughs> you get whipped yeah. by his ponytail. Like a Chippendales dancer is wearing no shirt but cuffs. Which is, like, insane, especially yeah. considering everyone else other than Lucifer looks like what you'd imagine members of the Hells Angels 1972 to look like. He looks like someone who went to Comic-Con as the sax guy from The Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... <laughs> David DeFalco, you, you you got or had or whatever a great bod like that. My man shredded, but this is one slippery looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he is just looks so sleek. You know he's he's ripped, but he has no curves, so he look he just looks like a really chiseled dowel. He's got a he's got a very interesting stage presence because the second scene he is, my first thought is. Well, this is an oversight. <laughs> What's this guy doing back? <laughs> He's not a guy you expect to see in a second scene or a third scene or a fourth scene or a fifth scene or and a yet sixth he's scene. The gift or a that keeps scene. on giving. He really puts the board in washboard abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Josh! He's even in flashback scenes. Like, he's oh all God. the yes. fuck over this movie. He gets a fucking lock and load scene. Like, the B, yes! the B villain of the movie gets more of a lock and load scene than the heroes of the movie. He, a lock and load scene for weapons that he never uses. Yes! You never Get see them. them. He's, like, looking at a back. butterfly knife and a gun, and he never... Never has a weapon in his hand for the rest of the film. I, it has never been so <laughs> obvious that someone in the movie made this movie. <laughs> it's like so clear. I'm just now making the connection to that they're Lucifer and Damien. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh. their family that did not click with and me. And then later when they when oh, they make Rocky. His name is Hellion. Hellion. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like, wow. We'll kind of talk about it in the ripoff report card, but David DeFalco is writing this with zero self-awareness yes. of the oh. fact that like naming your characters Lucifer, Damien, and Hellion is not scary. <laughs> He's like, no, it's sick. It's sick. I think the minute you see David DeFalco on camera in this movie, you might not think it in these words, but your brain knows this is not a self-conscious individual. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a person who concerns themselves with things like irony and shame. He has <laughs> he has this screen presence of like a high school kid who's got like his like fedora down and is like, "Hello, my lady, I'm here to protect you." 
And, and while, then, while, yeah. while you studied books, I studied the blade. Like, that yeah, is this well, guy's well, fucking energy. <laughs> just like, just like glowering, like, in Jay, like, stared. Just like, <laughs> and now you ask me not to kill your daughter? Right. <laughs> and he plays every line with, like, the snarl of a Pomeranian. <laughs> I won't fail you, Lucifer. <laughs> I loved him <laughs> it, he was the villain that i found truly vile in that i didn't want to see him on the screen so really rooting like, for his death yeah and it's so <laughs> lucifer did not have the same effect i was like i want more uh, oh the scene should I only him be to win lucifer. yeah i want <laughs> lucifer to win it's also great because lucifer like vincent klein is like huge is like massive and imposing and damien David DeFalco is like ripped, but sh- but small, like yeah. like like not is small. not scary, small. <laughs> and has really 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 hard like little brother syndrome. Yes. Like he he wants to rule the world in the way that Lucifer is ruling the world, and the whole movie he's just like just pick me for your team, brother, <laughs> and and fucking Lucifer saying shit like it is imperative that we catch these peasants. They are different. They are up to something. If you fail me, I'll have to do it myself. Then I'll have to kill you. Now why the fuck do you have to talk to me like that? We're family. That's the only reason you're still alive. I will not fail you this time, Failure? (laughs) Failure, Damien, leads to death. But he will kill other people. On his behalf. Yes. He just yeah. decapitates a random willing guy. Now, I don't yeah. want to sound like Mark Wahlberg, but if <laughs> I were there, I would simply not be decapitated by Lucifer. <laughs> I would choose not to. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be a positive reinforcement technique. Mm-hmm. It's it really does. I mean, the more I just keep going back to this is a little kid like playing with his action figures. That's what this movie is. And David DeFalco yeah. is that little kid. What's like truly reveals the psyche of it is he doesn't want to think of himself as the hero, though. He wants to think of himself as the twisted one that everyone's going to regret messing with. <laughs> this is revenge. I'll shit show them. Like, yeah. You'll pay. He, yeah, he's the scary goth kid who wants to like growl at lunch right. so he like freaks the jocks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jared in this moment does not explain what his plan is to Derek, and I get it. But he then also never explains the plan. Uh, like no, no, well, plan. no plan exists. <laughs> no plans have are ever hatched. Well, in like, this how movie. did he hear about? Like, did someone hire him to save Doctor Adams? How did he learn that Doctor Adams has been kidnapped? Like this well, whole plan with the vaccine. His we will mission. Never know. Is, his mission is to get him to Phoenix. That's all we need to From know. From who? From the news, guys. <laughs> From Reddit. He's the oh only my god, person. he's QAnon? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And this is what brings me closer to my dark conspiracy. <laughs> Lucifer is not the president we wanted, but he's the president <laughs> we need right now. Ooh. His Ooh. whole administration is okay. dedicated to the pandemic vaccine rollout. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to say that I'm happy with the way he treats women? No, no of no. course not. Uh, but... <laughs> And and you know are 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 people in his prisons mistreated? Yes, but yeah, how is that yeah. unique from uh, the pre-war time? You know exactly. <laughs> what I'm saying, Lucifer is the hero. Our protagonists are the villains of the story. Whoa, interesting. 
interesting. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not sure I disagree. Yeah. Because what we know is that Lucifer at one point says, I don't have time. Every minute that goes by, my people die. He does say that, yeah. And he, and he doesn't say my gang members. <laughs> we don't know who he extends my people to. It might be the whole country. And what we know about the protagonists of this film is that they do say at one point, I would rather destroy this vaccine than let it get into the hands of the gang. Which is dark. Yeah. It's very dark. It's, it's objectively evil. And yeah. Jared and Derek, these two, and eventually Alexis, these like three military operators who uh, all we really know about them is they eat a lot of corn product. <laughs> <laughs> and Except for Alexis, who doesn't seem to... Who doesn't eat anything, yeah. <laughs> and he is ultimately fighting for whatever, like, truly evil interests are trying to develop this vaccine and keep it only in Phoenix to, like, build a new... The dark conspiracy. Like, plutocracy... And don't g give a single shit about the lives of millions of people everywhere else. They find Alexis passed out on the ground. And you almost miss her because everyone is dressed in dirt colors. Everyone is wearing... <laughs> uh, Josh, the like uh, outfits of our heroes made me feel colorblind. Like, they, they, like, <laughs> the way they distinguished them was they just made them dress in like dingy browns and greens. And they have like an inherent <laughs> sense of honor, whatever they describe it as. So there are heroes what they are is brainwashed they're like they are the ones in the cult because they're wearing just like pjs and marching towards this end for no reason i need to get the doctor i need to bring him to phoenix why <laughs> yeah the first time we see the three of them work together as a team they go to some random place beat up a bunch of people and steal their water <laughs> Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? They just—they're they're the raiders. They're the bad guys. Sounds like the American military to me. We're breaking into Lucifer's headquarters. He's captured a scientist that's working on a cure for the plague. We're gonna get that scientist and that cure back to Phoenix, so we can save lives, right? I want to help you. There's no way you're gonna go at this alone. If we should fail with this mission, you can't fail with this mission. If we fail, I say we detonate the bomb. What about the cure for the plague? It's better if no one has it than those animals having control over it. We have no idea if it's the government, the army, the anything. Like, they're just agents working for an interest. And because this movie is vague as shit, the only ethics of that interest that we learn is, yeah, it'd be better for everyone to die than everyone get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> if we can't control it, no one else can. Yeah. Which, again, to Lucifer's credit, is not his stance. At no point does he ever threaten, hey, stop what you're yeah. doing or I'll destroy the cure. Yeah, he never even says, I'm only going to give the vaccine to the gang. Right. He never yeah. says, I'm going to leverage the vaccine for power. Yeah. This is what a leader looks exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> what we know is that, like, based off everything we've seen from the gang up to this point, is that they're no worse than the NYPD. Plus, they want to cure people of the plague. Yeah. Excuse me, the, the New York uh, Law Department. Right. And, <laughs> whatever and, they called them. Bum, bum. And while Jared is not explaining to Derek his not plan, and they're slowly <laughs> falling in brotherly love with each other. We have a scene that he is 
basically not even worth talking about because it sets up a plot line that is never resolved and it is dropped like nowhere. a hot potato Wait, which one? through the movie. The two women who have been kidnapped yes. by Lucifer and oh, has sure. promised the she missing she later in the film. <laughs> all, all right. Look, I <laughs> we're going to use this sure. Justin and I were defending Lucifer. Now we're going to look like monsters. Okay. I don't defend everything Lucifer does. I'm just saying no worse than the <laughs> NYPD. Yeah. Just, this is Justin's official take. It's actually how he measures all goodness and badness is the is the PD scale. Makes good. Makes sense. Makes sense. Unironically kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I found this one outside. Nice. Turn her around. Nice ass. She smells so gay. Such a strong man you are. Is it the strength you admire? If I were a peasant, you know you wouldn't be here. You could never be a peasant. Because I take what I want. Clean her up, I'll have her later. Can you go? We gotta go, we gotta get out of here. How are we? They have three scenes together, and it's these two women who have been kidnapped by Lucifer, and one is terrified. At, I don't know if they're sisters. I don't know if they're friends, but they it know each other. It seems like they know each other. They know each other, and one turns into the, like, oh, Lucifer, you're so sexy. I want to follow you as a way of, like, basically tricking him into spirit. It's very Scheherazade. She is, like, putting up this facade so that she can protect her and her friend sister. And there are two scenes that follow this where the same thing happens, where the friend sister is like, you said we were going to escape. When are we going to escape? And she's like, we're going to. We're just biding time. And then we never see them ever again. So who knows? Did they blow up in the compound? Yes, our Probably. heroes destroy <laughs> those. <laughs> <innocent Yeah. movies>. <laughs> <laughs> there's Yeah, there's a reason why we don't see another scene with them. Yeah. It's explained in the film. Hey, we're going to escape. Two scenes later, <laughs> <laughs> they are disintegrated yeah. by a, a garage door opener. Yeah, a garage door opener <laughs> with the power of a Patriot missile. Yeah. The, like uh, from here on out, the rest of the movie is basically just Jared, Alexis, and Derek, all of whom have lost family members to the gang right. in flashback, <laughs> trying to she- blow away the main gang and get Dr. Adams. <laughs> we got our first of many flashbacks of Jared's family, uh, his daughter, Mindy, Mindy, and she dies somehow. Mindy? Well, this mo- this movie's not a monster. They're not going to show a four-year-old get murdered on screen by Damien. No! By our writer. Our writer <laughs> yeah. was like, I'm going to kill her. And everyone's yeah. like, what? I killed her. Yeah, I didn't want to play that character. He's like, no, I called dibs. I wrote the movie. I get to play that character. What's crazy is that the sound effect when the cuts away, because he doesn't have a knife in his hand. It's not like it's not like a like. No, oh, I like, think he's gonna snap her neck. No, yeah, I he's thought gonna, that was yeah, pretty yeah. clear. But it's not a breaking neck sound. It sounds more like he's just ripped her head off. It's like a, <laughs> like, a like like Velcro or something. Yeah. I also do want to talk about these flashbacks briefly from an editing perspective because, as I was mentioning <laughs> earlier, there is a distinct 
form of editing for the early 2000s that (laughs) is utilized by gangland it is that cbs procedural drama csi editing (laughs) basically where there's flash cuts and we go from like close on someone's face and then suddenly we cut with a flash over to like the left side of their face and like lots of angular cutting and it's very desaturated when we're in the past and i don't know what this style of editing is because it died with 2005 but gangland's got it I i was thinking about how much of the cinematic language of this movie both because of the people that made it and because of the like action television and police procedural boom that happened throughout the 90s at this point those genres then molded together and became like the csi and the like 24s and the like all the shows that are like we're now a police procedural and an action like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, i i was just struck by like how much media looks like this (laughs) (laughs) like from this like this movie it's an aesthetic it's an aesthetic and what's funny is molding the police procedural into the action thriller means you need to make action out of what used to be psychological torment the shows are still about psychological torment but now you have to edit trauma you have to edit like PTSD into people's heads. And that's what that editing style reminds me of. It's really mm-hmm. saying like, all of these memories are painful. Like it's like, yeah. it's <laughs> like, look how fucking stuck yeah. in your mind. Flash, flash, daughter mm-hmm. sitting on grass, flash. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. flash, <laughs> trauma, trauma, trauma. Like it needed to make torment into like a music video. Yeah, what, what it's doing to your eyes is what it's doing to the character's heart. Which right. is that uh, they killed Alexis's sister but but yeah, but in that flashback, her her sister's got the plague, <laughs> yes, yes. and she says, yes. "Why do you care about me?" Like, and so Alexis tells her sister, "The war has just begun," and then her sister replies, "Not for me, I'm dying." <laughs> and then puts a syringe in her and then takes her infected blood for reasons like we're not sure why she's doing it because because apparently there aren't enough people with the plague even though it's a plague (laughs) that if they can't get the vaccine to phoenix they could at least study the infected blood which is a rarity i guess to figure out but it's a a, plague it's a by definition a plague infects alexis is not a scientist (laughs) and then then of course what happens next like every other flashback uh they look away for one second, <laughs> and then someone strolls up to their idyllic porch and kills the other person in their memory. Also had my favorite piece of exposition, maybe <laughs> ever. I know you've always loved this necklace dad gave mom because you were his favorite, and you were mom's. I really want you to have it. <laughs> and then they, that's it. There was no reason for yeah, this. Yeah. I loved so, it so much. You're right. That was such a weird <laughs> bit of dialogue. And it really, in a movie where every other woman in the movie has been uh, stripped, brutalized, brutalized. or bold, <laughs> like... I think that scene actually is the most anti-woman that this movie gets. <laughs> yeah. Because in a movie that is that is mostly about like brother magic that is mostly about like how heartbreaking it is to lose a brother and how much you just need another brother and how badly you just need another brother the two sisters in the movie are liquefied one group of sisters is liquefied and this like sisterhood that we see is so like snide petty and and petty it's like i I want i will say though movie still passes the bechdel test (laughs) 
You're right. It's, gotta, it's progressive. You gotta give it credit where credit is due. Just wait. No, wait. What's her sister's name? And they talk about their dad. Her sister's name was uh, Angie. 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 Is that something you found from not IMDb? Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, She's a named character, <laughs> Casey. No, 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 she says Angie. She says Angie. Okay. She says she Angie. And they talk a little bit about the war and the plague. And it's My, just... my yeah. uh, brain just went, who is that? And then I looked it up and I went, oh, Christiana Loken, the person I always say, who is that to? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of a casting director Who's, who's like, you know, we really got to drive people to the IMDb page. We should put her in the movie so that every time somebody <laughs> watches the movie, they have to go to the IMDb page and be like, mm, who the fuck is that? Oh, I did that right. too. I did that too specifically with her her eyes. She just it's, has these it's, eyes. It's something. Christiana Loken, I think, is like a ageless spirit yeah. that has been in movies forever. Just, what else has she been in? Terminator she's 3. She's just like in things. Yeah, she's just yeah, in things. One of, the, one of the cover arts... That, that I saw on Google featured Coolio and Ice-T in the top corners, in the bottom corner. Yeah. It's her. It's like, there's a little like, the star of Terminator 3. Yeah, there's a little, like, sticker. <laughs> no one else from there's the movie little, appears on the cover. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> sticker that says, and we got Christiana Loken, too. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> what is this? This is our salvation. Where did you get this, Jared? It was a collection I made during the war. Are there any more left? This is the last one. Some short-sighted politicians felt they were so dangerous that they would lead to the end of mankind. What are you guys talking about? Bombs don't kill people. People kill people. And this little fucker makes the old Patriot missile look like a firecracker. Where did you serve? I served up in Sacramento. Bombs yeah. don't kill people. Yeah. People kill people. <laughs> God, what a wretchedly evil woman. I don't like these heroes at all. There's something really <laughs> twisted about it. like very American neuroses. And like there's something very like middle American about like who it's the, the movie values based it's the corn, yeah. It's the corn. <laughs> like who this movie values. Yeah. Jared versus. with his consistently bottom zipped windbreaker yeah. that he's constantly during fight scenes self-consciously pulling Adjusting it down over, over his stomach. Over like his constantly stomach. only good guys have armaments stowed away yeah. for years. From just the in war. Case. From the war. He's a fucking arms smuggler. Yeah. Like who is this guy? Speaking <laughs> of the cache of weapons, in the cache of weapons we get Chekhov's grenade slash doomsday device garage door opener. Yeah, doomsday it's device. the laziest thing ever in a movie. It is a button. It, it one is of the a worst props I've ever button. seen. <laughs> that they say is more powerful than like a Patriot bomb. A Patriot yeah. missile. Yeah. Yeah. Patriot missile. Also, in my understanding, my very limited understanding is the, the the what makes a Patriot missile a Patriot missile isn't the explosion. Plenty of things explode. A Patriot missile will be fired from a far distance and hit close to exactly what it's aimed at like you can very specifically aim a missile at the yeah this is a grenade <laughs> this is not, <laughs> also a patriot missile has a big american flag on it <laughs> this this has just a blinky button right and it's one of the the my biggest laughs of the whole movie which is jared says uh he's gonna go in you guys cover out here he like drops down and stealthily snaps someone's neck and then Derek and Alexis, seemingly in a panic, just start shooting with their handguns <laughs> at, yeah. at the base, which alerts yeah. everyone to everyone to immediately. Their, to this, this is not attack. the first time that they completely drop the element of surprise that they have. Yeah. They arrive at Doctor uh, at 
the Doctor's Lake Prison Lab. Which rules, which is a, like a legitimately cool place yeah, that I like, want to live. Like big Legion of Doom vibes, but like yeah. before yes, the renovation. It, like it looks like it just rose out of the yeah. lake that it is in. It's still <laughs> dripping. <laughs> that is the part of the Legion of Doom you never see, which is them like getting all the like swamp grass and stuff yeah. out of the hallways. Cause, cause, Lex, cause, get the rake. <laughs> yeah, because Gorilla Grodd left a window open. <laughs> It's a very cool exterior. It's a cool exterior. It's a cool interior, But it doesn't too. seem like a good hygienic place to develop a well, vaccine Why? Because Damien's there and you got to wash <laughs> your hands when you say <laughs> So oily. I took DNA from all the top fighters and created one super fighter. I call him Hellion. What's that? A mixture of the highest potency steroids. <laughs> We've been pumping them into his body the entire growth. <laughs> My creation is alive! <laughs> this is where Lucifer unveils Hellion, his genetically engineered, roided-out fighting machine. He's made a Rocky horror picture. Yes, though. I know. Rocky. <laughs> I am absolutely in love with the unwavering dedication to giving Hellion only. Tiger sound. Yes! yes! Lucifer, yes! a genetic scientist, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yep, apparently. <laughs> Why didn't he just make the vaccine then? Like, well, he specializes in human cloning. Because oh, okay. he's got a country to run. Yeah, because yeah, he's... He <laughs> can't be doing all the science. He's got a literal coast-to-coast <laughs> empire. <laughs> and he does He does make a cute a cute little muscly boy. <laughs> he does make a little, <laughs> a, little, a little sweet bun. Yeah, when but did Dolph very... Lundgren become the ultimate weapon, though? <laughs> yes, when it opened, I was like, is that Dolph Lundgren? Nope, that is a Dolph Lundgren. Well, there was ripoff. a part of me that wanted. He was like, I put, I put nine of the DNA of my finest fighters into this guy. <laughs> then he's like, he's taking out these enhanced metabolic steroids. And he just stabs a bunch of them. I wanted Damien <laughs> so bad to be like, uh, wait, you just been like putting <laughs> other people's blood and like a shit ton of steroids in this guy? Yep. <laughs> oh, boss, that guy's dead. Because <laughs> yeah. for the first, for the so first minute of that scene, our super soldier is not moving not at moving. all. <laughs> He's just sticking what is like 500 milligrams of steroids directly into his heart. I just want Damien to be like, oh, boss, no, no, no. He's so dead, man. <laughs> we got to get him out of here. Or like, oh, uh, you, you, you got DNA from our best fighters. Uh, you didn't call me about that. Okay. <laughs> 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 While I didn't like anything about Damien, there was a part of me that like that scene, especially since Lucifer now has like a new hairless hottie to stare at. I felt for Damien. <laughs> I was like, I just Damien just being like, bro, I killed a four year old. Can you like be nice to me once? <laughs> Jared gets captured and beaten up by Hellion, but Hellion doesn't immediately kill kill him which i found very good. oh yeah like when hellion's he when he goes honorable. down on the ground it's like oh like he's gonna get curb stomp but hellion's like no i win because he's put the seven best ufc fighters <laughs> into one guy and ufc fighters they know the rules yeah <laughs> they know when a man's knocked out right that's a, hellion that has honor he's not killing anyone Right. You never see Helen kill anyone in the entire film. No, you're just right. Always... My God, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jared is getting a little BDSM on him. Very, when... very light. Yeah. yeah just, just like well, on his thigh. He's building up to it. He hasn't tried it yet, but he's like, I think I would like it. Let's, yeah. It's just a little tease. Right. And then meanwhile, Derek and Alexis go back to the gun crate and be like, we should 
taken some of these originally, probably. <laughs> right. They literally <laughs> say, it's like, what's the plan? It's like, what if we do yeah. more gun? And, yeah. and Derek's like, do you think that's going to work? <laughs> they, their plan is just overwhelmed with firepower. Figure it out later. No, they, they did look at a map. And say, what if we go through the woods and go around back this yeah. time? So, okay. They also say, let's go at so, night. Okay. They leave at the noon. movie does get particularly baffling because later they're like, all right, what's the plan? And he's like, what if we wait till nightfall to get back in? And then Alexis goes, that's your plan? Like, what, <laughs> what was your girl, plan? there's been no plan the whole movie. Like, now you're taking umbrage with it? Uh, <laughs> Jared gets to have a face-off with Lucifer. Then he gets to have a face-off with Damien, the man that killed his daughter. Um, what else happens when in the... First, Jared gets rescued by a third blonde woman. Who are you? Never mind. Let's get out of here. You may need this. Why are you helping me? And you broke out of prison. You got me out, too. From the prison, rushing right. from the prison earlier. Yeah. Yep. So she's returning the favor of rescuing Jared. This is the greatest moment in movie history, I think. She tracked him down. She she found him. The brushes it uses to paint morality in this movie are that evil is inherent. Or are in they him. red in there? I I just can't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it is it is truly black and white. It is truly just like there are people who are evil. Evil is something people have. And honor is something people have. And there are only those two things. There is only the evil and the honorable. <laughs> and I just love that it was also including the <laughs> a side character who got saved earlier is like, oh, I'm back to save your life because I'm honorable, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an honorable, good person. She is living this whole other movie we don't get to see where she has been like held in a sort of like sex slavery, liberated by someone, and yeah, has been tirelessly like, tracking this man, not ever interfering, actually, tactically, actually, like covert ops, <laughs> right? Like, actually waiting, for, waiting for the exact right moment to strike, <laughs> right? And say, never, never caught, yeah, accomplishing all of her objectives easily, right? Also, uh, even not shooting her way into a compound, actually sneaking in, and no e collateral damage whatsoever she's the hero and even actually does take over the mission of protecting the doctor who knows the cure to the plague yeah and rescuing the civilians land too <laughs> yeah it's gonna be her versus hellion damn what a good movie she she got to i wish we got to watch that movie <laughs> they win somehow they, they win but i don't want to just jump by the person with the katana like the samurai sword jumps out and starts like waving it just in a in a figure eight <laughs> yes. and chasing after alexis who immediately books like, yeah. she runs <laughs> away leaving derek four different guys just swarm i mean alexis does not want to die because of this misogynist iconography. Yeah. She's not going to get stabbed with a sword that is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part of me that hoped that she just kept running and the sword guy kept running. And that was like, that was like a gag that throughout the movie we kept <laughs> cutting to, which is just a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Until the end of the sunset and they're just running across yeah. the plains. Where's <laughs> Jared? Let's finish this off. Hey, Jared. Shove this up their ass. With pleasure.
think that the movie's all wrapped up here because we do get <laughs> a no. beautiful shot of Lucifer running slow motion down the hallway before the compound explodes. Oh, they really knew just how much Lucifer to give me to like that keep shot me. was very Joel Schumacher. I'm just gonna say <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Derek says that he's got to get back to his family in the valley. The first mistake. First mistake. He's got a car on blocks. <laughs> Got a car, got a car on blocks there, and they're probably fine there. Uh, Alexis doesn't have anyone, so she's going to stick with Jared. But as soon as Derek walks outside, he is shot in the back. <laughs> or in the head. Shot in, in the, the back head. Of the head. Yeah. Boof, by Damien. And then Jared and Alexis run off through the Warner Brothers offices. Yes. Chased <laughs> by Damien very slowly. It's amazing. I almost cheered when Derek got shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was really happy to see him go. I, that was a he, gift. <laughs> his whole death was very much like cop talking about he how he's like two weeks away from retirement where he's like, well, guys, it's been great, but I got to go back to my beautiful wife and my perfect children in our valley house that apparently hasn't been overrun by gang yeah. violence. Can you believe it's been 40 years and I've never been shot once? <laughs> I'm, I'm so looking forward to the sequel where we just yes. follow the family in the valley just waiting for Derek to come home. Well, she was fucking Joey. That's yeah, the she, real yeah, tragedy. The brother. <laughs> cool Joey's dead. What happened to daddy and smaller brown hair <laughs> Unsurprisingly, the ganglanders are there. Example number 500 of our heroes being not tactical at all they hear they see headlights and hear go-karts like coming up the path and they're like quick out the front door into the road (laughs) (laughs) it's a plain sight where all we can see damien chases them down in his car and he drives through a trailer and then gets out of the trailer unscathed but there's a gas leak and jared uh lights him on fire motherfucker Now you're gonna know what it feels like to die! I stopped feeling a long time ago. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. I am in love with the series of choices surrounding the blocking of that scene, yes. <laughs> which is Jared versus oncoming Knight Rider car. Right. He like jumps out of the way. Yep. The car jackknifes through like the world's smallest trailer. It explodes for some reason. <laughs> Damien gets out of the car and walks through the on fire trailer. <laughs> and of course, like Jared very nonchalantly picks up smoking for the first time in the movie. (laughs) Lucifer wants the cure. He shoots Alexis in the shoulder and Jared immediately gives up and hands him the cure. But Alexis (laughs) brings out uh, Chekhov's... Chekhov's poison sister blood. (laughs) And injects him in the neck with it. And he walks outside and melts to death. Yeah, and if anyone can like shine some light on me, even if that blood had not had virus in it if she had like just injecting that blood into someone else probably would have killed them anyway right (laughs) i weep for the fact that we didn't get whatever sort of war machine alexis's sister could put together because she how strong she must have been that a bit of her blood 
melted our village. <laughs> <laughs> like that was in her body already, and she just had some like eczema. She was a being of unbelievable and it might. Kill, it destroys him instantly. I I hope that that regular blood is actually that lethal, because then you could just like inject someone and be like, "Sorry, babe, you're not my type." <laughs> oh! 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 Very good. Justin, where were you in 2001? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You fools. Bless the gun that kills you. Blamp! <laughs> 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 rip, rip, rip off, rip off, rip, rip, rip off. Blamp. It's the new Jack ripoff report card. What? The Gangland ripoff report card is brought to you by Gang World, Florida's newest attraction featuring five different areas, including Epcot, Ebola World of Tomorrow, and Phoenix Land. <laughs> <laughs> While Gangland is host to a number of genre stalwarts from director Art Camacho, who served as stuntman and director for PMB Entertainment before striking out on his own, to Constas Mandalore of the Saw franchise, Fist of the North Star, and over a hundred more films, to Renegade's Kathleen Kinmott, who is still kicking ass to this day, this ripoff report card will focus on one of the most quixotic comrades involved in Gangland's production, writer and co-star David DeFalco, proving that maybe the pen and the sword are equally mighty, especially if handled by the same man. <laughs> what started as a slight detour to learn a little bit more of the writer-actor's other credits devolved into a wormhole of weird. <laughs> he wrote and or helped produce three other features with Art Camacho in the early 2000s, Point Doom, This, and Redemption, featuring Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock. Then I learned that he was a former pro wrestler that went by David the Demon DeFalco. No surprises considering his ripped physique. He went on to have a hand in a few more films, but before we get there, we should talk about his past. DeFalco's first film was 1989's Heavy Metal Massacre, a shot-on-video oddity that never truly had much of a release until very recently. Filmed in Providence, Rhode Island, which explains his accent, <laughs> DeFalco in that movie goes by Bobby Brown, who wrote, produced, directed, and starred in the feature. Now, calling it a feature is... Uh, almost a stretch as it mostly comprises of vignettes where loud thrash music plays over them. DeFalco stares into the camera a lot. It might be art, but it's certainly fucking weird. After that, he had a hand in producing Full Moon's Hideous and a handful of other Full Moon adjacent productions like The Exotic House of Wax. Now, in 2005, he wrote and directed his most notorious film called Chaos. The movie caused ripples as it was a shameless ripoff of Last House on the Left, aimed at being, quote, the most brutal movie ever made, their words. <laughs> Receiving near-universal negative reviews, DeFalco and producer Stephen J. Bernheim, who also produced Gangland, 
took aim at a particularly bad zero-star review written by legendary critic Roger Ebert. They took out a full-page ad to publish a letter in the Weekend Chicago Sun-Times to rebuff the critic, to which Ebert responded again, no doubt continuing to garner the film additional support. DeFalco was unmoving in his vision to make a particularly glum and nasty horror film, to him reflecting the time the film was made. In an interview about the controversy of the film Chaos with HorrorReview.com, DeFalco describes a film he was in the process of writing and seemingly never made called The Devil's Doorway, which was inspired by the real-life escapades of L.A. coroner Michael A. Cormier and the ghastly things he has seen. In the DVD extras of Chaos, there's a short piece with DeFalco and Cormier in the coroner's lab in L.A. where Cormier is discussing how he would receive a particularly brutal crime body, he would do a toxicology report and they always seem to be linked to crystal meth. He and DeFalco seem to believe that there were demons and many doorways to earth from hell and that crystal meth was one of the most prevalent ways for demons to pass through. What? That tracks. Because of his outspokenness about drugs, many theorize Cormier's eventual death in 2012, which was ruled as suspicious as he died of massive organ failure and evidence of arsenic was found in his system. What? DeFalco has seemingly kept fairly busy since then, making a handful of action picks like The House of the Rising Sun and The Wrong Side Out of Town with MMA fighter and WWE wrestler Dave Bautista. These days, he seems to keep himself busy with some relationship to the infamous distribution company Dark Force Entertainment. I'm not sure in what capacity he's linked, but he's featured on a ton of their live streams, often wearing wrestling attire, flexing, playing bad new metal, and talking on a landline to the Dark Force staff. There are... 30 of these videos that are an hour and a half. It's nuts. What? <laughs> and that has been the Gangland Ripoff Report Card. Jeez Louise. Jesus Christ. Crazy. <laughs> That's heavy, Greg. There was such weird shit when it came to what? David DeFalco, but it took oh, wait, a, like, uh, like some... Wait, who died of arsenic? Uh, the coroner that he was in... That's a bit of yellow journalism. You made it seem like DeFalco might be implicated. No, in I, I just think it's, it, no I, it, there's no implications of him. It's mostly just he was like writing this movie about like how crystal meth is linked to demons. And then the coroner, who's a fucking weirdo, also gets killed probably by drug lords. It's what? nuts. I also, a, a fun little wrinkle to that is I read the Roger Ebert review of Chaos and then the like response letter, the article yeah. that Roger Ebert wrote about the response letter and then yeah. his, Roger Ebert's response to the response letter. He gave Chaos so much traffic. And then Roger Ebert used yeah. to publish these things which were like fan letters thanking him for fucking reviewing movies, which is the most horseshit thing I've ever heard in my life. Yep. And <laughs> one of those letters that Roger Ebert published was this person who said, I was at an LA screening for this movie. The Q&A was so manic, at one point David DeFalco stood up and screamed, I am a demon <laughs> and I will harm people. <laughs> what? what? So, I'm glad that you said that, because I was a little, I wasn't sure what that was in reference uh, to. Well, it sounds like it's, a, it's an admission of him doing crystal meth. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> 
you put all the pieces together. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rip off report card coming at you. You got a rap to talk about this rip off. It's a trip off, dip off. Everybody, flip your lid off. Yo, I'm New Jack Casey. Gonna get around this space quickly in my dune buggy. I'm riding on the front. Take your mama out and uh, hit her. Never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Everybody, that was Gangland. I feel tested already. <laughs> but we still got that final test to look forward to. What from Gangland might end up on it? Uh, all revolutions must contend with reactionary forces from within, which will try to destroy the revolution. And fallen angel, <laughs> Lucifer, still an angel. <laughs> Can't take that from him. Uh, after watching this movie, I am no longer sure how vaccines or cures work. That doesn't bode well for this coming year. It really doesn't. And now I'm worried about my own sanity. Well, guys, recording this podcast has been great, but it's time for me to return to my nice apartment in the valley, my beautiful <laughs> husband, and our no kids. Glad we made it through recording this all right. <laughs> no! No! You killed Jamie! You and what is driving me mad! So this is our most recent movie we've ever talked about, released in 2001. I never thought we'd actually breach the new millennium with our conversations. Please, the new millennium. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is actually just a remake of Albert Pune's Cyborg starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Is That's it? not a joke. That's it's, real. It's, it's it's the same movie. It's the same movie what? and including the uh, short the film g- at the beginning. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Vincent Klein playing the exact same what? character, in, except his character's name is Fender Tremolo, which oh, it, 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 that rules. And, uh, I just want to make an appeal to anybody who's listening to this who might be like a dentist or their dad's a dentist. Can we get our Camacho a budget? I want to see what this guy does with like a few million bucks and like Don the Dragon Wilson now. And we just need it. He's yes. an American hero. Give this guy, give this guy some credit. That's the, I don't know what to do guys. I feel like I needed not days to contend with this movie, but years of my life. <laughs> It's a re like you're saying it is like <laughs> cyborg. Why did Vincent Klein? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, don't go. If you like the show, tell your friends. You can talk to us at all our social medias. That's at Video High Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Video High Pod on Twitter. We'd appreciate a share, a like, a tag, a pledge of soul-bonded fealty. Is that so much to ask? Thank you to Seth Applebaum of Ghost Tunk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of the band Scout Harris for the video high intro. Thank you to Ann Shearer for our logo. Thank you to our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe. Thank you to the makers of the music in today's book report. That's Bobby Cole, William Pearson, Vladimir Podubnik, Bobin Apostolov, and Alexander Koltsov. And thank you for both the music and the yucks. 
Justin Ferraro. Support his music projects, The Rizzos, at therizzos.bandcamp.com and Lowboy at lowboyplaysthehits.bandcamp.com. From one land to another, next lesson will cover 1987's Funland, a dark comedy about a mentally broken businessman turned clown trying to save his amusement park from the mafia's stranglehold. That's your assigned screening, and we'll see you next class. After we say we got to speed it up, we talk about the coolest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Lucifer, arms wide yes. open, like standing yes. on the nose of a dune buggy. Not on the nose, it's on the, it's on the back. Thanks. <laughs> you saved the podcast, Justin. I will not have Lucifer misrepresented. In your ear. Podcast Network.